0: So let's open our hearts to his word. I'm going to ask you to turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And if you'd like to use the Bible prepared for you there and and, in front of you, use uh, that Bible. That is page 965, 965. Do encourage you, as you'll see inside the bulletin from week to week, we now are uh, just including some inserts that Uh, take you a little deeper with what we are covering in our time in the Word. It's a way that we hope that you'll be able to use a day or two or maybe several days with you you or your family in following up on some of the things that we're sharing on Sunday mornings in our time in the Word. So encourage you to use that uh, insert that's provided for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, so we'll begin there in just a few minutes Now, several years ago, I'm not sure if I've ever shared this story here before, but if I have, uh, please allow me to share it again, because I just enjoy sharing it. I had one of the strangest things happen to me has ever happened in my life, and I still sometimes wonder if I even understand how that could have happened that way. it was several years ago I was invited to uh, join, uh, the board of a a small mission and, uh, a friend of mine that known for several years was leading this. And so he had asked me if I might uh, for a few years be a part of that board as he was getting that ministry started. And so I, I told him I would, uh, he tempted me by telling me that the annual board meeting was in Florida in February. Okay. So I prayed about that for about 15 seconds and said, yeah, Well, when I I went to the first board meeting, you have to realize I knew no one that was on this board, nobody at, at all, and I went there. And it just so happened the day of the board meeting, that first board meeting, it was my birthday. And so I'd gotten there the night before, and we were having the board meeting in a large conference room downstairs at the hotel. And so you can imagine my amazement when I walked down to the conference room and opened it, and I looked in and on a group of people. I did not know any of them, but the entire place was decked out in birthday celebration. There were balloons floating around. There was a beautiful cake and punch, and I'm thinking, how did they know? how this is amazing these are the nicest people I've ever seen and so I'm standing there drinking a little bit of my own punch you know saying hi to a few people and then they finally got started and they said okay let's sing happy birthday to our honored guest and they started singing happy birthday and I'm sitting there just smiling taking it all in and they said happy birthday dear Bob (laughs) happy birthday to you and there was an elderly gentleman over there who was a part of the board. It was his birthday. And he had been on the board for some time. And they were celebrating his birthday. And you know, the Lord just has a way of just taking you out sometimes. You know, he was doing that. It's almost like he says to Gabriel, watch this, you know. So, but then this is where it really got strange. After we sang happy birthday and I had chatted with a few people, I walked over to this man named Bob. I said, you know what? You're not going to believe this. This is my birthday as well. He said, this is your birthday. I said, February 19th, this is my birthday. He says, well, happy birthday. I'm glad to share my birthday party with you. Happy birthday. And I said, thank you so much, Bob. I said, Bob, I said, now, uh, where where are you from? Uh, where were you born? He said, I was born in a place you've never heard of in your life. I said, well, where were you born? He said, I was born in Henry County, Indiana. (laughs) I said, where? He said, Henry County, Indiana. I said, I was born in Henry County, Indiana. He said, no, you weren't. I said, I, I was, I was born in Henry County, Indiana. February 19th. I said, where were you you born? He said, you remember the Greensboro Pike? I said, the Greensboro Pike? I said, the country store. My dad used to take me and my brothers out there to get, you know, some soda and some, some things to eat candy. And he said, well, you know that farmhouse right across from the Greensboro Pike store? I said, yeah. He said, I was born in that farmhouse. You know, I'm expecting any time the music to start. You know, <laughs> the Twilight Zone music, do 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 Have you ever had one of those moments? You just expect the music to start. So we, 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 could, we started talking. We couldn't believe this. And then got to know him. Several years uh, as that went by, as I served on that. And he, his name was Bob Reese, Reese. And he was born and raised... In that house, that farm there. And he and his father went on to invent the Reese trailer hitch. Some of you may be familiar with the Reese hitches. He was the inventor of that and had become, he and his family, very, very wealthy. But he was a devout follower of the Lord and he was rich in his generosity. And had determined that he, would, he and his wife would give away most of all that they had to the, to the work of the Lord. And he did that. But I thought about that. What were the odds of that? Can you imagine? On your birthday to be in Florida and be in a room with someone. It's his birthday and both of you were born in the same county. To be there at that time, what were the odds? I just thought, I said, that's amazing. Same birthday, same birthplace. But I want you to know this. We also shared the same birth purpose. God gave both of us eternal life for the same purpose. And that was the same purpose... That he gave you for your birth. If you're a Christian. As a Christian. You have along. With every other Christian. The same. Birth. Purpose. The purpose of our birth. Is as we read. Just a few minutes ago in our text. In Romans chapter 8 verse 29. The Lord Jesus. Brought us to life. He brought us to life that we might be conformed to his image. God who has saved us has saved us that we might be conformed to the image of his son. Every Christian does not share the same birthday physically or spiritually. But every Christian shares the same birth purpose. We were born again, not just to get us to heaven when we die, but we were born again to make us the image bearers of God, to be like his son, Jesus, to be renewed in his image. Now that is our series that we've been involved in here for these few weeks at the church. In his image, what does it mean to be his image bearers? How has the Lord redeemed us and restored us and now he's renewing us that we will be his image bearers? What a great thing throughout the word of God. Now, two weeks ago, we asked the question, how does the Lord do that? How does the Lord make us like Jesus? How does he start that process that he is going to complete one day? How does he start that process? What is that process? And then, here's, this is so important, how do we facilitate that process? How do we facilitate the process as God is working in our hearts to make us more into the image of his son? Well, I shared with you a couple weeks ago, there's three words. Three words that I think guide in that process, in our understanding of that process. Now, I said three words, I've actually decided they're four words. <laughs> and you know, I've always got another word. <laughs> but this morning, let me share with you another word. But let's begin by reviewing. Let's review how is it the Lord makes us like Jesus? How do we facilitate that? The first word is the word adoration. That has to do with our worship. Adoration, it has to do with our worship. We are renewed as God's image bearers in his presence. It's in his presence that we are renewed As his image bears, we are being made like him as we are with him in worship. Personal worship, personal private worship, but friends, even this morning, God's intention for this time in your life, in this room, is to use this time of worship To make you more like Jesus Christ. As you will allow that process to be facilitated in your life. Now, 2 Corinthians, two weeks ago, we looked at this beautiful passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you would, verse 16. Here's how Paul describes that process. He says in verse 16, But when one turns to the Lord... The veil is removed. This blindness that keeps us from seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When one turns to the Lord, that is he believes, he repents and turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, what's the next word? Freedom. Not bondage. Freedom. Now here's the process. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. There is adoration. There's worship. As we are beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit now notice the action and the result do you remember this the action what is our action what how do we facilitate this this miracle of the spirit he says as we are beholding as we are beholding the glory of the lord As we are in his presence. As we are focusing our attention on the glory of God in Christ. What is the result? We are being transformed. Into the same. What's the next word? Image. What's God's plan? That we should be conformed to the image of his son. That we would be his image bearers. We are being formed into the image of God's son as we are in the presence of the Lord worshiping him. This is how it happens. Through adoration into the same image, God's image. Now, how are we renewed into God's image? Through adoration Our worship. Now, let me give you the second word, if I might, and we'll focus our attention there this morning. It is the word cooperation. Cooperation. Our will. Our will. We are being formed in the image of Christ through worship, our adoration, and by our will in cooperation. We cooperate with God. Now, it is absolutely true. Only God can redeem a life. We cannot redeem ourselves. Only God can restore a life. Only God can renew a life. But listen carefully, my friends. We are not neutral in that process. Never will you ever see that the Bible says that you just sit around with your arms crossed and say, go ahead, God, do it. No, we are called upon by God to respond to Him, to respond to His love, to respond to His Spirit. We are not neutral in this process. By God's grace and His enablement, we must cooperate with God as He works in our lives. We must cooperate. Paul says something about this in Philippians chapter 2. Do you remember what he said in verse two, in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13? Paul said this. He said, work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who is what? Working in you. To cause you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We are to work out our salvation in cooperation with God. Knowing that God is working within us. He is working within us and we are working with God. We are working with God as he works within us. We must cooperate. In short, that's what we must do. We must cooperate. Now here's the question. What does that look like? What does it look like when a person begins cooperating with God in his or her life? What does that look like? I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to the text that we read earlier as we stood together and read God's Word. Romans chapter 12. Would you turn there please? Romans chapter 12. That's page 947. And I want you to notice there are three qualities of cooperating with God. Three qualities of cooperating with God as He is working within us to... Renew our lives into the image of his son. These are qualities of cooperation. I want us to note three of them this morning. First of all, notice here as we're looking at this text, we're going to see that we cooperate by relinquishing. We cooperate by relinquishing. Look at verse 1. Many of you know this text. You know it very well. You've read it, some of you, hundreds of times. But this morning, I want you to treat it like cornflakes. Enjoy it again for the very first time. All right? Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Relinquishing. We cooperate with the Lord by relinquishing. Maybe you heard the story of the man who was hiking out in the mountains. And he was hiking along a trail that went right around the side of the mountain, he tripped on a stump, stump of a tree that had fallen, and he fell off the very edge of that mountain. As he was falling, miraculously, there was a tree that was growing out of the side of that mountain, and he caught one of the limbs as he was coming down. And so imagine here he is hanging between heaven and earth with only his grip on that limb to keep him from certain death. Well, what did he do? He began, of course, to cry out for help, help, help. And then he heard a voice, a voice that seemed to him it came right from the clouds. And the voice said, do you believe that I put that tree there for you? Yes, 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 I believe. Do you believe that I am able to send the wind and blow you right back up on that cliff? Yes, I believe. I believe. And then the voice said, all right, let go. And the man hung there for a while. And then he said, Is there anybody else up there I can talk to? (laughs) How we hate to let go. How we hate to let go. Lord, I want to be different. But let me help you out. Lord, I want you to change me. Let me show you my plan. Lord, use me. Now let me tell you what I'm thinking. How we hate to let go. Friends, listen. You can't cooperate and control at the same time. You can't cooperate and control at the same time. You've seen the signs, maybe you've seen the bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. You ever seen those? If God is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. And I heard one even better this morning don't say God is my co-pilot. God is the pilot and you're on the stretcher in the back of the plane. Because <laughs> we're really messed up. We're not even co-pilot. You cannot cooperate and control at the same time. You've got to let go. Now that's Paul's appeal here. Here's Paul and he's making this plea. Look at verse 1 again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. I appeal to you. Every word here in this verse is just filled, it seems, with significance. Just, just think of how these words are filled with significance. He said, I appeal to you, brothers. And the word here literally means when somebody comes along and puts their arm around you and begins to talk to you, And plead with you. I'm begging you, brothers, is the idea. And I'm I'm pleading with you on the basis of something. What does it say? I plead with you, therefore, brothers, by the what? Mercies of God. The mercies of God in your life. The mercies of your salvation. The mercies of your adoption into the family of God. The mercies of the promise of your glorification. What he's talking about is Romans chapter 1 through chapter 11. If you want to give a title to the first half of the book of Romans chapters 1 through 11. It is the mercies of God. How God takes... A dead sinner and a dead doomed sinner and makes him one who inherits glory. That's what's contained in Romans 1 through 11. The mercies of God. Paul says, I'm begging you, based on the mercies of God, to do what? To present your bodies That word present there, listen carefully. It means a definite act, it means something that is deliberately done at a point in time. I appeal to you on the mercies of God that you decide to present your body, your body. Your body is his body. To present your body to God as what? A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, what was the common denominator of all sacrifices? They were dead. They were slain. As an image of the coming Christ. Who would be slain. But now we do not have to offer. Sacrifices to God. As a basis or a part of our salvation. Why? Because Christ has offered himself to God. Once for all. He is the perfect sacrifice. But now we must make a decision to present our body as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Living surrender. This is what it means. Not dead, fully alive, but surrendered. Holy, set apart for God. My my body, my life is set apart for God. It's acceptable. That means it's well-pleasing. Sacrifice had to be pleasing to God. Let your body be set apart to God. This is well-pleasing to him. And he says it is your, notice, spiritual worship. Your spiritual worship. You know what the word spiritual there is from? It is from the word logikos. We get our word logical from it. It is your logical act of worship. When you think about the mercies of God in your life. Isn't it really the only logical thing to do. Is to present yourself to Jesus. It is your spiritual. Your logical. Your rational Worship service, that word service there. You see, your worship, it's worship service. It's a service of worship. Folks, you have come to a worship service today. Thank God for that. But I want you to know that when you leave this building today, the Lord wants the worship service to continue. As you are living For him, your life is living worship. I love what I heard one preacher say many years ago. He said this, and he would say it at the end of his services, the worship services. You know what he would say? He would say this, the meeting is over, now the service begins. The meeting is over, our meeting is over, but now the service begins really begins. What's Paul talking about? Relinquishing. You know, we need to pause here just for a moment. Are you going to let go? What is it in your life... That you are holding on to, and you will not let go. That's control. Will you let go? Will you relinquish? Will you relinquish your future to the Lord? Will you relinquish your past to the Lord? Will you let go? How does the Lord make us like Jesus? When we have the attitude of Jesus, Jesus said, I have come to do my Father's will. I've come to cooperate with my Father. We cooperate by relinquishing. Now notice, secondly, how do we cooperate? Look at the next verse. We cooperate by relinquishing and we also cooperate by resisting. By resisting. Now that sounds like a contradiction in terms, doesn't it? That sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, cooperate by resisting but that's exactly what Paul is doing here he's using this contradiction of terms to grip us he's he's talking about relinquishing control and then in verse two he says now having relinquished control and relinquished your life to God now I want you to resist resist what verse two do not, look at it. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Here again, every word is just so incredibly purposeful and so important. Notice what he says. As you are relinquishing the control of your life to God, now he says I want you to resist. Do not be conformed to this world. Literally, it is this. Listen carefully. Stop being conformed to this world. Stop letting the world press you into its mold. Now, when he says world here, he's not talking about the planet. He's talking about the spirit of the world, the values of the world, the culture. He says, do not stop. He says, stop rather letting the world press you into. Into its mold. He is saying, be different. Be different. Break the mold. Be free. Don't we hear about that so much today? It just strikes me, it's almost laughable that we're not so sad that the people who think they're being different, people who tend to think they're being real, people who think that they're really being an individual are just letting themselves be pressed into the world's mold. They're not different at all. Let's find out what's in style and do it. That's not being different. Let's find out what the world thinks these days and let's do that. That's not being different. Let's make absolutely sure that we don't stick out and we're we're not strange. That somebody would think that we're, we're really odd. I mean, who wants to be a part of the odd for God squad? What is that? That's not being different. He says, I want you to be free. Thomas Jefferson, one of our presidents, said this. Listen carefully. Here's what he said. Quote, I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. Where does the declaration of independence, real independence begin? Where does real freedom begin? It begins in the mind. I have sworn eternal, I have sworn eternal hostility against tyranny over the mind friends listen the Lord wants our minds to be set free he wants our minds to be set free and so it's God's plan. As God renews us as image bearers. He does it by the renewing of our minds. How does God change us? Well the change has to happen right in our minds. Verse 2. Notice what he says. Do not be conformed. Stop being conformed to this world. But be transformed by the what? renewal of your Mind. God transforms us by transforming our minds. God transforms our minds. That's interesting here. Paul uses a play on words. You can see it even in the English. Don't be conformed, but be what? Transformed. Don't be conformed to the world's mold. The word there, being conformed, means that where you're being pressed into a mold, where what you really are is not what you appear to be on the outside. You're being pressed into a mold that's not really you. But he says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. And transformed means To be externally who you really are internally. Be transformed. And you know what the word for transformed is? Metamorphosis. Where did we see that verse? Where did we see that word before? We saw it, even we read it just a few minutes ago. That as we are beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being what? transformed metamorphosis the real you is becoming stronger and more dominant the you in Christ the new nature you have and it's breaking through this mold of the external so that the real you is showing you're being transformed And that's what Paul says here. Don't let the world press you into its mold, but you break the mold by having your mind renewed. Let the real you come out. The you in Christ. He says that happens by the renewal of your mind. How does God renew our minds? How does God renew our minds? Well, let's listen to Jesus. I think Jesus knew something about renewing people's minds, don't you? As a matter of fact, Jesus even prayed about it. And now listen carefully Jesus prayed for your mind to be renewed. He did. Jesus prayed for your mind to be renewed. Here's what he said in his prayer in the garden to God, recorded in John 17. He was praying for his disciples. He said, not just these that are with me, but those who are going to believe on me because of their word. I'm praying for them. What did he pray? Here's what he prayed. John 17, 17. That's a good text to remember easily. 17,17. 17. He prayed, "Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. Change them. Set them apart." The idea is, renew them. How does he renew us? How does he change us? How does he set us apart? Father, do it through your truth. Your word is truth. Now, friends, listen carefully. Jesus did not say your word is true. Though every word of God is true. Amen. But that's not what Jesus said. He did not say, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. He said, your word is truth. Friends, listen to me. Truth is not relative. Truth is objective. Truth does not change. Truth is fixed. Jesus said, truth does not change from culture to culture, age to age... It does not change from pole to pole. Your word is truth. How does the Lord change us? He changes us with the truth. What did Jesus say in John 8? You will know the truth and the truth shall make you what? Free. 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 What did Paul say? This change. This is of the spirit of the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is what? Liberty. Freedom comes from God. And he sets us free. When our minds are being renewed by truth. It is the truth that sets us free. Friends listen. Listen. This word, the word of God that you're listening to this morning. And the word of God that you are able to read throughout this week. And the word of God that you're able to hear in various ways. That word is the power of the living God. To renew your mind. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Father, I pray for my people, he said. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. One of the most hideous of all the Nazi concentration camps was one named Auschwitz. Over a million Jewish men and women, boys and girls, gassed to death there, their bodies incinerated, had a sign over the gate when those Jewish people would go into the gate and what they were told would be a place of work. Over the gate, These words, work makes you free. Work makes you free. What a monstrous lie that was. They had no intention for them to be free. Their intention was to work them to death, and just before that, to gas them to death and incinerate them. A monstrous lie. Satan is a master of monstrous lies. Except he puts it a little differently for us. Yes, for some people he says, let me tell you, I know what you want in life and hard work will get it for you. Work will make you free. And there are Christians by the hundreds of thousands that believe that lie. And yet every day they're going to go out and live by that principle. I live to work. Work makes me free. Others believe this lie. Money makes you free. If you have enough money, you're free. You can do what you want, when you want, where you want, how you want. Money makes you free. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And what? Loses his soul. That's a lie. Money doesn't make you free. Power makes you free. Success makes you free. Popularity makes you free. Those are all lies. Now a Christian works hard. He loves people. She loves people. She she strives for excellence. He strives for excellence. But he or she does that Not because work makes him free. Money makes him free. Popularity makes him free. Success makes him free. He does it because the truth is making him free. And that truth is in Jesus. If the Son of Man makes you free, then what? You are free indeed. You're truly free. Let's bow our heads. Friends... My friends, listen to me. Will you agree with God? Will you relinquish control? Right now, the Spirit is speaking to some people right now. You know what you've got your your fists clenched around. The Lord is letting you know what it is right now. And that is keeping you from freedom. Relinquish it. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Some here need to start resisting. You're you're going along. You're trying to fit in. You're trying to fit in at work or in your neighborhood or in your club or on your sports team. You're, You're trying to fit in in realms of culture. And you're not at peace about that. Oh, friend, be filled with love for all people. But we've got to resist. We've got to resist the mold of the world. Relinquish, resist. And now, friend, will you just say, Lord, renew me by your truth? Your word is truth. Lord, make me a person of your truth, to know your truth, to know your word, to be in your word and in your presence through the word. Lord, I desire to live in freedom. I don't want my mind to be controlled by the spirit of this age. Release my mind in freedom, Lord, as I am a person being renewed by the truth. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing to the Lord. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Take my life and let it be what consecrated, Lord, to thee. Let me continue my worship service even as I leave this building today. Let's sing this to the Lord. Maybe you'd like to come for prayer. We invite you to do that. Maybe it's about something for relinquishing or resisting or that need of renewal. We just invite you to come. Or see us afterward. We'd we'll be glad to speak with you about that. But let's sing this to the Lord. May, may be your true par- prayer.